Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Hello, podcast fans. Hey, everybody. Um, happy Tuesday. Indeed, although, um, your, well, actually, your hair looks very happy today. It's got, it looks full of energy. <laughs> it really is full of energy. My hair straighteners are broken, which, honestly, I, I even considered doing the 90s trick of ironing my hair on the ironing board the other day. Oh, wow. I know. And then I was like, don't be so stupid. Like, you'll, it will literally fall out. Um, but I had to curl it and it just looks absolutely insane um, yesterday. But I will say, yesterday, I was channeling... Uh, Mel B of Spice Girls fame and I had some really positive responses on um, Instagram about it big shout out to Vicky Fleetwood who was the biggest fan of my hair and did encourage <laughs> me to get back and print to work which I duly did so um, thanks for the support girls I think men were slightly more divided on it but yeah I, I'm not quite sure uh, although my biggest question was why were you wearing a blue dressing gown out <laughs> oh, don't hate on that coat Do you know what whenever i wear that coat men and women compliment it which that's always what i think something must be nice when men compliment it but it's from a shop called talia in cowbridge which is obviously my hometown which is owned by my mum's friend sue jones yeah. and the coat is reversible so oh. if you're buying two coats in one I, I i do think i like the other side but maybe it's just because on the picture it didn't come across as a... i think if you wore it you'd wear it suede side out whereas i'm more like fur side out so perhaps it's even something you know we don't live close enough to do this but it's even something that if you've got a friend who you want to do some sort of coat share with <laughs> you've both got an option and people won't think you're wearing the same one but they have got a website they're on instagram so if anyone has seen it on my social media and likes it or now fancies checking it out um, I'm very much like support small businesses this Christmas. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And actually, I um, I mean, that was a nice little plug that I wasn't even intending because I was taking the mick out of you, but um, I will check him out. Uh, although I also did some shopping for small businesses um, and I bought a new jumper um, from Soup Can, which um, is organic and um, actually gender neutral clothing, which I was a bit like, is that a thing? And apparently it is. It's kind of a new way of looking at unisex. And uh, yeah, Abby Walker, who I used to coach at Hartbury, um, has set it up with her partner and 
yeah so I check honestly check it out there's some really cool stuff I'm going to take a photograph and tag myself in it because um it's actually a really nice jumper nice well okay on that theme the last one then that I'll plug if you are struggling this year for Christmas gift ideas you want to support local you want to do something special um you can of course check out Cradle Kutches on Instagram which is my mum's business and I memory quilts galore so you can send your children's clothes you can send your rugby jerseys your sports tops she's done uh, a gb olympic ho hockey medalists quilt and she puts them all together in a quilt and it just means we keep things for the sake of keeping them at times but then they just look <laughs> in a black bin bag or in the bottom drawer of your mum's you know divan bed in in uh, in the southwest in devon <laughs> quite a nice way to keep things and actually have them on display without having frames of shirts around your house um yeah and actually my brother has one and it's really oh, lovely I slept on the sofa with it um so yeah it's uh i can definitely recommend the problem for me is i've always said to you i before i even knew your mum did them i wanted to do something like that with all my kit the problem is is just choosing which bits because i've got quite a lot I, i've stashed away and i need a lot of stuff and i need to work out where all of those drawers are because i feel like i might get it done and then be like oh no i've yeah. missed like a whole drawer at my mum's house <laughs> that's quite good she's done for a few people where they've had a lot she's done two and then gifted it to like those people have then gifted the other one to like parents and stuff because fundamentally i don't think my mum wants any more kit of mine anywhere yeah, but <laughs> if you're clearing out the drawers in the yellow bedroom at her house she might be you know quite content no. with a patchwork quilt it's not just the yellow bedroom the yellow bedroom is my bedroom i'm still claiming it well it has yeah. got your um uic runners up <laughs> i don't know where the gloucester sports personality of the year just gotta get that in every podcast um, I've got some news, by the way, now that we're on this theme. Um, I'm going to put my Christmas tree up tomorrow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Am I doing it? I just Sarah think... Thomas did an Instagram for story of him going out. He'd been out for a walk and his partner or husband had said that he'd got a surprise. And he was honestly like a child uh, filming it. He was so excited. They have Christmas songs on. I mean, I think that the Christmas songs part is too, is too Christmassy. I mean, I do like Christmas. I've, like, been, I've been listening to Christmas songs on the car for the past two weeks. Really? Myself, myself and Lauren Jenkins, um, Lauren Jenkins, reporter, Premier Sport, Prime, both of us have been exactly the same. Buble Christmas. They've released him from his cave. They've defrosted him for the winter. And yeah, I've been Buble Christmas. I, I also like the Nat King Cole Christmas album. And I've got a country Christmas playlist as well. Of course you have. Oh, and I've got a new Christmas tree topper. It's Dolly Parton. She's <laughs> <laughs> got like gold glitter wings. Oh my God, it's just so amazing. So yeah. It's it's massive right. boobs. Uh, yeah, obviously, it, you know, she, <laughs> she is the, the queen. Did you know that she doesn't drink? No, no I didn't. I, I, I don't Zoom her very often. So she wouldn't have been very good on a Zoom quiz then. <laughs> she wouldn't think. But Dollywood, USA, her theme park is a, a dry theme park. There's no alcohol there. Oh, really? Yeah. Which really disappointed me because I've always thought that her and I had some sort of shared kinship. But if she doesn't like the wines, then we're going to struggle, Dolly. I don't know friends I don't know I think you'll be so excited you don't need alcohol to turn you into oh, a course, complete yeah. like yeah 
Did you know that she wrote I Will Always Love You and Jolene in the same day? Really? Yeah, like imagine being that talented that you've got that in your locker. Two of two great songs. I Will Always Love You, you know, obviously made more famous by the Whitney Houston cover in The Bodyguard, but an absolute cracker of a love song. And Jolene, which is just one of the greatest songs ever written. And she wrote them both in one day. Well, actually, I watched something on Graham Norton. I, you know what? I don't like many like chat shows. Like I don't know. Every time I put Graham Norton in, I laugh out loud. I lol at him. Um, It's my dream to be on that show. And she was on it, and she was talking about how one of those songs was given to Elvis Presley, and basically he was really, really keen to do it, Um, and and then his agent came back and was something about like exclusivity. And she was like, I can't let go of this song. Like it's too important. And then Whitney had it. So it must be, um, I always love you. And um, yeah. And then she was talking about like how cool, like it was amazing that this one song was sung by Whitney because of the way that she sang it. Yeah. But actually how mad is that? That she turned down Elvis Presley. <laughs> Her and Graham Norton are really close friends. Yeah. No, they're like proper besties. Yeah, they've a- there's a documentary that Graham made, Graham, like we're really good mates, um, in the early 90s. Grey bags. Not early 90s, early noughties, yeah, the, the G-meister. Um, and he went out there and there's like a documentary of the two of them just like driving around and having fun and being in Tennessee and yeah. Yeah, no, it's cool, isn't it? In The Bodyguard, you hear the country version of the song before you hear the Whitney Houston version of it. So when she makes Kevin Costner's character frank take her on a date and he takes her to like a spit and sawdust and then they dance that's the song that's playing i will always love you but it's the country version you're you're such a film buff aren't you is that because how many times have you watched that film um i'd say i'm not exaggerating i'd say probably getting on for 500 times easily. (laughs) easily what 500 times easily so when sophie and i were little we didn't have many actual children's films on vhs because a lot of people forget or don't realize that disney didn't a film didn't come out and then you got it on vhs they released the back catalog of vhs movies in the early 90s so sophie and i would essentially exclusively watch the bodyguard and robin hood prince of thieves that was it yeah, see, I went when I went, the fans. <laughs> when, when we uh, when I went away to college. So I moved in with my host family, age sixteen, and I had a blue TV with a VHS inbuilt in it. It's pretty decent. Um, Mum bought me a bag puss teddy bear. Still got that. Um, and the two films that I took were Lion King and Notting Hill. <laughs> oh, Notting Hill, what a classic! That was the first um, like graded, you know, like with a, an age film that I was allowed to see. Like my mum took me to see. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know. I don't think my mum realised. Oh, I absolutely. What's the first it. film you ever cried to? Mate, I cry at adverts. Like, <laughs> what are you on about? I really struggle. So I've only ever watched Bambi once in my life, and that was as a very small child. So Bambi, awful. When I was a kid, one of the absolute worst for making me cry, Land Before Time. Oh, my God. Actually, yeah, so I think I cried. What's the one with the... Oh, Never Ending Story. Oh, yeah. Where the horse dies. Terrible. 
Um, and you know the first film that I watched on my own and cried and I, I remember it so clearly because I was literally like what am I doing and I couldn't stop myself Green Mile I've never seen that because I know that it's because the kid gets executed spoiler alert <laughs> um, doesn't the kid get executed I can't remember but it's like Green Mile walking I can't even remember but it was awful and I started crying and uh What's yeah, the worst yeah. film that's made you cry? As in, like, what films made you cry so bad that, like... I went to the um, cinema and started crying at something. I can't remember what it was, but I was on, like, kind of on a date, but, like, there was, like, a little group of us. And I remember, like, crying. But, you know, when you stop yourself crying, if you, if you try and stop yourself crying, the liquid comes <laughs> up. Somewhere. Yeah, the liquid comes up somewhere else. So I think it was, like, running down my nose. and stuff. <laughs> that sigh where you go... <laughs> I mean, it sounds more like a phone alarm. Um, anyway. I, so when I watched The Notebook the first time, I got myself into such a state. So my sister and I, my mum and dad had gone out for the Never evening. Never seen it. Oh, Sophie and I had rented a couple of films from Tapes, which is what the video shop in Cowbridge used to be called. And Recent Tapes. Shout out to anyone from Cowbridge who listens to this podcast because they all know what a legend Recent Tapes was. Did he let you have overage? Did you, were you oh yeah, he just turned a blind eye and he also took <laughs> posters. So you'd have a bit of pocket money and you'd go down, you'd go through the posters and you'd be like, yeah, I want this Pulp Fiction one. Never seen Pulp. I still haven't seen Pulp Fiction. But you thought it was like, yeah, it was cool. Um, but Sophie and I rented The Notebook. Might have been on DVD by this point, And she had to ring mum and dad to come home because I was in such a state because I got so upset watching the film. I was like beside myself and my mum, bear in mind I would have been 16, had to like lay down in my bed with me until I fell asleep because I was like hyperventilating because I was so upset. It was so bad. And the other worst one is we went, the four of us as a family for like a little Saturday night cinema and you know movies and dinner. And my dad had to carry me out of the cinema at the end. We watched Ladder 49. Have you ever seen that? No, never seen it. And so obviously in the cinema, more often than not, as you leave, there are people waiting to watch the film you've just watched, like playing half an hour later. So there's like, honestly, there must have been 20, 30 people outside the doors waiting to go in and see Ladder 49 as dad carries me out. And I'm howling, basically like the spoiler of the movie. I'm like, they wouldn't have left him there in real life, dad. They wouldn't have left him. So all these people are like, all right. So they, they I'm like them. cringing for you. Like I, what you're, you cease to amaze me, mate. Like I genuinely can't believe this is you growing up. I think, you know how we talk about some people are like a, a bit backwards emotionally. I actually think that I am using emotional parts of my brain that other people just don't <laughs> because I am so emotional. Anyway, um, I, I enjoy crying. Yeah, because your eyes are so big, mate. It's like every time you cry, it's like four pints of water coming out. <laughs> so dehydrated. So dehydrated. Should we talk about rugby? Is that what you... you uh, oh, yeah, I was going to suggest that. But you know what? I'm going to let you into a little secret. Oh, go on. I had the weekend off. The weekend off? Yes, yes. I absolutely I know. What I've been under do? a reasonable amount of pressure recently and one of the things that I have been really trying to work hard at for the last probably I don't know year year and a half is learning as much as I can about the men's game because when I finished the women's as you know I've never been like a rugby geek and know who 
was on the bench and came on in the 68th minute in the third Lions test in 1950. But um, I study a lot. I study a lot of rugby and it gets quite overwhelming. And it's amazing how it's taken out some of the enjoyment of just watching it. So I decided as a weekend before all of the um, autumn series comes up, why not take the time off? And I genuinely really enjoyed it. I did end up watching some rugby. I chose bizarrely to watch some Pro 14 and oh. possibly one of the worst games of rugby I've seen ever. But I enjoyed watching it because it was my choice rather than feeling like I had to. Um, so yeah. There's nothing worse. I know exactly what you mean with like, you feel very guilty because we're very lucky to work in an industry where essentially we get paid to watch rugby, but there's nothing worse than getting to like a Sunday afternoon or a Monday morning and knowing you've got like five games recorded onto your Sky Q box or your TiVo or whatever. And you think, Oh my God, I've got to watch these games now. And you can get pretty like as much as obviously it's a, it's amazing. What a great job we have. It's still a job and it's still, you still get to a point where you're like, I can't, I can't take much more of this. Yeah. And I, I'm really conscious like that I do need to keep enjoying watching it and I used to watch it you know and I I still watch it and I'm so analytical and I I don't just sit there as a fan I sit there and like analyze it as if I'm going to be playing them next week it becomes the most intense situation um but I suppose what I found hard as well is I'm not just trying to find and build all of that knowledge about the men's game I also am really keen to watch the women's and make sure I'm up to speed with that because I need to have an opinion on that and I want to know how the girls are doing and, and seeing how the teams are getting on. And, and so, yeah, I, I kind of was feeling like it was becoming a bit of a chore to, to kind of trudge my way through it. So yeah, having a weekend off was really nice. Um, I tuned in a little bit to the coverage of um, Loughborough uh, Harlequins ladies. Um, and then we went out for a dog walk, so I missed the end of it, but um, yeah. Should we talk, I mean, the results, to be fair, there's some good results. Um, Wasps um, just pipped a DMP. I, I text Malloy on Sunday and I said, are you Quinns in disguise? I was going to send it to Giselle, but I was like, nah. I, I text Malloy. <laughs> no, you know what? Quinns in disguise. I think there, uh, I think there, there was a bit of competition because I've heard from a few girls and they're just happy that they beat Quinns because Quinns only beat them 103 nil. <laughs> I actually was messaging some of the girls though and I said like what's going on like are they are they really that bad and 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 you know where are you at because from from my perspective I feel like let down a little bit by a team not by them and by the team but by the system that's allowing a team to be that um getting you know that much points put on them each each week and and actually a couple of players said you know that they're good one one-on-one they're good but they just lack um cohesion and you know defensive structures and stuff and and is that because they don't have many senior players you know obviously there was a whole situation with Tamara Taylor leaving and and actually you see the value of senior players in games and the and what they do um so yeah as much as we can say it's rubbish I do feel bad for the girls that are in that team and having that many points put on them because it isn't that isn't and that cannot be a positive experience in terms of obviously last season we saw a shaker at the end of last season with um a few teams cut from the league and new ones bought in 
we kind of expected to see these kind of score lines disappear with that as there was an appraisal of it. Do you think the league is too big? Do you think there are too many teams? No, I don't think so. There are too many to um, maintain a standard that high. No, I don't think so. I just think that the dispersion of players hasn't happened. So, you know, we spoke about it before. The salary cap was supposed to be put in place for um, to to ensure that teams didn't swallow up all Red Roses, international players, and it hasn't happened. And unfortunately, you know, at the moment in the Northeast, Leeds Beckett has always has been a, like a, a really stronghold for women's rugby ever since like Fleeto went there, Scazzi went there. Um, and then because they were successful, that kind of pushed players up there. And, yeah. and Katie Daly McLean was on that side of the country. She's obviously over on the other side now with, with um, Sale. But and then, but then they don't look, they haven't looked after one of their own. Like I can't get my head around the fact that they lost the opportunity to have someone like Tamara Taylor because yeah. people go to clubs for other players and Tamara, what she might be, you know, she, she will admit, you know, she's not the level of player that she was because she's in her late thirties, but Jesus, the, the experience and the um, leadership and the coaching that she provides younger players that's an incentive for someone to go somewhere um, certainly that was something that was cultivated at Wasps when you went Rocky Purds it meant that they had this really kind of strong selling point of look look at these World Cup winners that you know we've got here at Wasps this is what our ambitions are and you can come and learn from the absolute best yeah well I don't know. I, I hope that something's done about it. I hope that there's a shift. But you know, there was a there was a lineup photograph of Harlequin's players after England uh, after Italy England. It was basically the whole team. It was like Harlequin's photo, <laughs> minus a few. But um, there was some other good news. There was well, there was some good news. Uh, Exeter got their first win against yeah. Worcester. To be fair, is a big turning point because Worcester are a good outfit. They've played some really good rugby. Um, so yeah, fair play. And I think it was it's really nice. Exeter have been so competitive. It's not you know they haven't been on the receiving end of an absolute whipping so far. But you do wins build confidence. You have to get something in that W column. And there was only so many more weeks. You kind of felt that they were going to be able to trudge along with missing out by a cut, a score, a couple of scores. So this is going to be huge for them as a confidence builder. Yeah, it's massive, and uh, it's really cool for Susie. You know she has had to work incredibly hard for recruitment um you know to see her talk about in the media with Patricia Garcia um has come over you know she is incredible player incredible person as well um she's got a couple she of actually like gives Sene a run for her money in terms of like positivity and smiliness <laughs> I did something with um PGR a few years ago for the sevens and she is like you're in the fold then you are in the pgr fold of she obviously <laughs> went to um, rugby charities rugby libra and stuff like that and she'd like send me invites and she'd be like lj might be a bit difficult but do you want to come to madrid this weekend i'd be like um no i'm not actually available for that but you know she wants she's such a positive person and she wants to do well for rugby and i think coming from a tier two nation and seeing her passion is just so contagious i just absolutely love it love her I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, it's interesting we're talking about um, like learning to win and the, the, the effect of winning. Because I was on a podcast for the Device Evans yesterday and I was with Charlotte Caslick, um, Australian uh, superstar. And she was actually really open and spoke about how a lot of the girls in the squad now haven't won many finals or haven't won a final. And so she was talking about how they needed to learn how to win. And that was what was going to be important learning for them pushing into the Olympics next year. Um, and it was, re- it was really interesting. That's coming from somebody that, um, you know, has obviously won an Olympic gold medal and, and, and been right to the top. And after that, you saw this decline in, in how Australia um, did. And, and then, but then you saw it flip onto its head with New Zealand and the Black Ferns continually winning. And, and actually, no matter what, they just, they just won games. There's, there's no way they should have. You know, against England in Cape Town, England were winning. Like, they went to extra time. And then it, it couldn't have happened any other way. A new cap, I think, on her first game and her first touch. Like she must have played a little bit before that because it was quarter final. But first touch in that game, scored a try, won the game. I was like, for God's sake, even the newbies know how to win. <laughs> and it's one of those things with them where on the very rare occasions, I'm just thinking Langford the year before last, was it? Whenever the last Langford tournament was, it looks, New Zealand Black Ferns look like if they lose, they've lost as opposed to they've been beaten, if that makes sense. And that's where they're so dangerous. And it is habit. It's building yeah. a habit. And, and Charlotte was talking about how you never, you never can get a big enough score against them because they can always come back. But yeah. Anyway, going back to the Premier 15s, um, I just want to give a little shout out, actually, because watching the trilights, um, a fellow Welsh lady, um, Kayleigh Powell for Bristol, hell of a chip and chase to score. Um, Yeah, fair play. I I haven't seen much of her play, to be honest. I think, is she she a youngster coming through the ranks? Um, Well, everyone's younger than us, mate. That's what you (laughs) I always think she looks like a, I say mini, I don't mean mini, but like she's like... Shuan in disguise um, <laughs> very like her um but you know what's really nice is you've now 
twice over the few, past few weeks picked out Welsh players from the Premier 15s and I just think it's so positive because obviously we talked about Alex Callender a few weeks ago and it's just so positive that these girls... Is she Welsh? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise. Yeah. Damn. And you've got a hidden. But this is what's, you know, we kind of have been banging the drum of this for the past few years and, you know, there's been a kind of sprinkling of Welsh talent in the Premier 15s but... As I've said before, obviously Wales have automatic qualification for the World Cup next year. It's not something that they're having to fight out like the Irish, Italians, Spanish and Scottish at the moment. We're there. We know we're going. We know the girls are going down to New Zealand. And I really do think that the quality of rugby that they're getting in the Premier 15s is going to have a huge impact on that. Now, if the WRU could actually get some games in the diary for them, because it's pretty disappointing when you click onto the women's rugby tab of the you know union's website and it says no upcoming thing <laughs> is there a tumbleweed gif <laughs> but what annoys me is you know we are one nation one union i get that but you go to upcoming fixtures and it says nothing to see here basically but then it's got the men's games and you know you kind of england are very lucky that they get to play this mini series against france this autumn i know that there are huge issues because of covid but you even if it's a behind closed doors and i mean you know no cameras anything but wales played a warm-up game against ireland preceding the six nations this year i'm sure that scotland ireland italy spain want more rugby under their belts before their qualifier series in early december it just feels a bit defeatist that there's nothing there for them and and i know that this you know there's going to be people at the union probably get their back up about this but our girls are going to England to get their rugby. So the union aren't even doing that for them at the moment. Let's let's do well, something to help although, them. Although saying that, they have supported that. And I know in years gone by, they haven't supported the girls going to the Premiership. But then um, there's a level of support, Niles. Like, you you know, they're supporting them. They're letting them go. Scotland are paying their contracts in that league. That's support. That's putting... It, you know what? In many way talking about contracts i'm pretty sure that i've seen on jazz joyce's social media that like contracts are coming and contracts are coming and contracts and i'm like when 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 are they, are they like in in 2043 i i think um in my big issue as somebody in wales who you know is covering the game cares about the women's game we haven't seen um, a piece of paper outlining what the union's ambitions are for the women's game, what the union's structure is going to be, how they see a funding um, structure working, how they're going, you know, what Scotland have done in, to some degree was a bit like, well, they're not supporting the game within Scotland. They're paying contracts in England. How's that going to help? But actually we have seen it help. We, we are seeing Scotland <laughs> improving and we are seeing you know, we watched the Premier 15s on the weekend and we talk about Jade Conkle every other week. Now, she is being given that opportunity because the SRU fund her Quinn's contract. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you, you've got the likes of Jazz who is driving, what, two and a half, three hours to get to rugby training from, from West Wales. Uh, the, the Wales captain is driving from Swansea Uni, where she has got a full-time job as head of rugby, to Bristol to train and play. That's a that's a two-hour drive one way. Now there needs to be something more tangible. It's not enough now that the girls are having a blessing to play in England. There needs to be something to help them with that. And with that, I'll put my soapbox <laughs> away. 
no i agree and the and you know what the biggest the biggest improvements we've seen within the women's game is the access to more regular training and not just doing the tuesday thursday nights and then playing on a weekend and you know as much as they're training in their own time there's a limit there's a limit to you know i've done those big long travels and and it's exhausting and you're never the best athlete because you're exhausted and mentally you're exhausted because of you're trying to balance lots of things so yeah no i agree and uh i think what is it is good is that you're seeing those players flourish and and unfortunately however there is one player that i i think is probably one of the wales's best players um she when she's playing is one of the best nines in the league um, and that's Kira Bevan and she's had an operation so I just want to send um, our best from the tryhards um, to say get well soon and uh, I'm sure I have I have no doubt she will be working incredibly hard when she recovers to to get back because she is you know one of the linchpins for um, that side to do well um so yeah it's a hamstring injury isn't it so i've got no idea on timelines obviously you are the um bionic woman and will be well aware <laughs> of things like that but you know you kind of almost at the moment where the world is a bit weird and and you know we don't really know what's kind of happening with the calendar as i said to another friend of ours who is injured at the moment a, an english player actually sometimes a bit of a rest you know in a world cup cycle in a world cup year you can come back fighting fit everyone's a bit knackered <laughs> I'm just yeah, I've done that I've done that um I did that in before 2010 I did it before 2014 and I did it before 2017 I wouldn't recommend it in a world cup year but um it is what it is for Kira um she's very talented and I'm sure she'll come back and uh you know she'll be in a good place and it's hopefully being supported by Bristol as well um so that she's feeling like she's got the medical support and SNC and all that type of thing. But yeah, actually talking about injuries and hamstring injuries, um, it was interesting to not see Sunter on the team sheet, having spoken to her after the Italy England um, game, she was hoping to get some game time this weekend so that she could be fit for the weekend. And obviously the squad hasn't been announced. I don't know whether she's involved. Um, I haven't spoken to her, but I think not having her, um, I'm genuinely intrigued to see how England go with this campaign. So it's one away and one home fixture. Actually playing before the men's um, at Twickenham next week, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it's only taken a few years, uh, 20, <coughs> to do it. But um, I, yeah, I, I'm interested because there was an announcement for the French squad and they're missing some big names. Um, and and it was like, oh, they've been um, uh, not included. And I actually think looking at the Scotland game, some of those girls went off injured. Um, so, yeah, what they do with those two test matches, I'm interested to see whether they're going to blood some more of the sevens girls, whether because I know that they've been involved in training, whether they, uh, they give people opportunities. So, you know... Um, Moena, who got her first cap talent, Moena Talling, um, whether she gets given another shirt and an opportunity because she's earned it, um, or they try different combinations. I don't know. I, I personally think if you're going to make changes, you can't make wholesale changes. The reason why Moena was able to, to play well was she had Abby Scott or Abby Ward next to her. You need to surround young talent with experience to allow them to, to flourish and, and, and actually just take that pressure off. We spoke yeah. about it with Callum Sheedy. 
you know I know you wanted to chuck them in and, and get them blooded in straight away but but that only works if you've got talent and experience around you um because it just takes that little bit of pressure off because of the decision making because of focusing on your own job um so yeah I hope that if they do bring in girls that they they surround them and they kind of it's like the um bubble wrap kind of it's, yeah it's the bubble wrap around them because then you really do get to see their talent you get to give them confidence um and then hopefully the next opportunity is like even more experience you know even better and, and and this positivity gets to build rather than going out there feeling a little bit like oh my god i've made all these mistakes and actually it's just because they're new um yeah. that they're going to so yeah I, i'm intrigued to see what happens You've mentioned seven girls who've been um, carving up in the 15s, um, someone who's a pal of ours, um, my favourite Welsh English player, uh, <laughs> Meg Jones. We're going to give her a little shout out because she's got some one-to-one -one coaching sessions that she's... Yeah, yeah. She's, um, so she's doing some coaching. Um, in fact, I was thinking about dropping her a message and seeing if I could actually finally learn to kick. Um, <laughs> Because as I keep getting asked, to, I keep getting asked to kick on appearances, and I'm like, I don't kick, and they're like, look at me, like, are you not an international fullback? I'm like, yeah, I made a career of not kicking, so I'm not going to kick for you. Um, but anyway, I yeah, like fair play to her. I think she lost her contract, has been looking at ways to fund herself. Um, she was actually driving for Amazon um, deliveries uh, when she first lost her contract, just to get a little bit of cash in. Um, so anybody that wants a bit of coaching from uh, you know in my opinion one of the most naturally talented players who just hasn't I mean she actually she hasn't into double figures with her caps yet um, which is fascinating considering she started in a world cup final um, but she has had a lot of injuries actually yeah. um, has come back always looked incredibly good when she comes back obviously been off in seven so yeah knows a lot um, good bants and uh you can do your, your coaching clinics in English or in Welsh because yeah. <laughs> so you know it's fine. I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna hang on to that forever. She is one of like rugby's cool people as well. She does make me laugh a lot and she's someone who you want good things for because she is just a lovely girl. Yeah, no, she's all good. Um any more female positivity for me today? Um, you know what? I actually have, and I'm, I've written down her name. Oh. I, I think I'm saying it right. Baza Hader. Haydar um who, I'm sorry if I've got that wrong um I don't think she'll probably listen to the podcast because she's actually Egyptian and I don't think she speaks English but um she is um, in Egypt do we yeah I don't know who but I don't shout know shout out to Egypt well anyway Faiza who was the um Egypt's national football captain um for 10 years apparently has now become the first woman to coach a um professional men's football team in egypt that's amazing yeah and I, i've wow, tweeted the link actually you went i've li I, just before we started recording i tweeted a link um because anyone that sees that like watch the video um because she's talking and then a player's talking and i don't know she puts into perspective like about the fact i'm just going to spoil her video but she said that um gender is just like you know the different colors of our skin like it doesn't make a difference yeah. um with knowledge expertise how you can deliver and um I, you know what fair play i think in countries and cultures where they overcome a lot of societal oppression um and it's not seen as 
as something that goes a lot deeper than women shouldn't do it like women actually aren't allowed to do things yeah. um so yeah i think like fair play big shout out um and uh long may it continue with all these females coaching men eh well do you know what? <laughs> wales are looking for a defense coach now they've sacked byron hayward so do you fancy it <laughs> um nah i'm all about the attack mate <laughs> You know what? I'm genuinely interest, interested because I always thought, like, I haven't read up enough about him leaving, but I don't th like, is Pivac going to keep his job? Are there, like, are there pickets outside the, the WRU? Like, get rid of him because he's not one. But you know what? It's quite interesting because not to feed gossip or kind of repeat gossip, but I... But. <laughs> but, um, I did a piece for Monday Night Scrum 5 about the Welsh coaching ticket and Gwyn Jones, former Wales captain. Um, I went down to his GP surgery and he wore his scrubs for the interview, which looked like he just escaped from like one flew over the cuckoo's nest, but that's by the by. He said, it doesn't feel like there's been any public pressure for heads to roll, which makes you think really? that the sacking of Byron Hayward has- are they, are they looking at social media? It hasn't, it hasn't. If you look around, like, you know, having, been involved in Welsh rugby for a very long time I've I've seen years where you know in 2010 what year was it 2012 no grand slam year basically there's a there's a six nations campaign where Warren Gatland finishes fifth in the table and you know ha has it been too long has he enjoyed success is it time for a change and he you know obviously retained another six years of the union after that point so there's certainly um I've seen in the past, be it regional coaches, national coaches, calls for them to be sacked. You know, poor Robin McBride, every Six Nations campaign, Wales's set piece, especially the line out would struggle and they'd be on a daily basis, people tweeting about it. I haven't seen that with PVAC. I haven't seen that with this coaching ticket. Um, and yet we've seen a sacking. Will we see more? Um, I just find it interesting because if you, like you see it in football all the time and I don't follow football, but you see like a run of losses and then like they're gone. And it's a bit like, it. I feel like that doesn't necessarily happen in rugby. Like people are given a bit more of an opportunity and it's not just so like, right, like make a change, make a change, make a change. And so like, um, I think with Wales, we've got an issue. So preceding Gatland, we had a run of short term coaching tickets in Mike Ruddock, who came in, won a grand slam, and then was gone. Um, Gareth Jenkins, who obviously took Wales to an incredibly ill-fated World Cup, the worst World Cup that Wales have ever... Oh, and you lost to Fiji. That's when we lost to Fiji, yeah. Um, and thanks for bringing that up. Um, yeah. But, you know, we then had a decade, a tenure that, you know, is longer than any of the other home nations coaches in recent times of, of success and, and stability in the form of Gatland. My concern is that Wales fans have forgotten that we have probably punched above our weights to some extent. You know, what we talk about. Oh, yeah, it's, like England, it's like England football, mate. We make out that we're like this massive, like big hitter and that we're going to go and win a World Cup. Like, like they don't win quarterfinals, do they? I mean, when, when was the last yeah, time? From an English perspective, the Premier League is, is the, the biggest domestic league 
Yeah, in... but not because of the English players, but because of all of the foreign players that they pay to play over it. Yeah, you know, certainly there are foreign players who who are headline acts, but you'd think across the 20 clubs in the Premier League and the 20 advanced academy systems that are, you know, probably the some of the greatest in the world, you'd be able to produce a national team that can win a World Cup. In Wales, we've got four teams that are underfunded at times we've got you know, it's not the national sport people more people go and watch cardiff city and swansea city on the weekend than they go and watch the regions yeah so, but if you cut open a welsh person little rugby balls fall out so no no no, <laughs> no, no, no they don't pints on westgate street on an international weekend fall out and this is where i've got an issue we can't keep saying rugby is our national sport just because you go and, and you're happy to pay a hundred pound for a ticket in the six nations doesn't mean you're a rugby fan I'm saying it, it's going to offend people. And this goes to men and women. Like, I really get bored of, oh, you know, you get these girls who are steaming wearing their sparkly steps in. Yeah, but you also get blokes who've put themselves in the tightest Wales jersey that's still got the tag on it because they bought it the day before. They know that they've got an all-day pass from their missus to go out and get on the sesh. The rugby is the excuse, it's the reason. It's not why they've wanted to go out, it's why they've got a day pass. And... I think we need to look like, a bit more internally. At I feel like you need to be at the gate of the principality and ask everyone when they come yeah, in, exactly. are you a real fan? Are right. you, are you... Um, how many regional games have you been to see this season? Maybe um, all of the players that weren't picked. Who are the, all the players that weren't picked that should have been picked in 1972? Right, gone. No, you're not a fan. <laughs> Even little things like... You know, if you support, to be fair, the regional thing is, is probably a bit of a, a mute point because there are lots of people who will support their local club week in, week out on a Saturday. So maybe it needs to be, when was the last time you ate a tinned burger? Because that is the standard fare <laughs> for Welsh Rugby Club. To be and fair, I've like, never had one. Get out. Get I out. watched Scarlet's v Zebra at the weekend and I don't think I would have been, I'm going to be inspired to watch them again after that performance. They weren't, they weren't the best. Um... But, but hey. if you watched Scarlet Zebra on the weekend, if you watched Edinburgh Mull of the Blues last night, then you can't have any expectation that Wales are going to yeah, win no internationally. And that's exactly well, the point, isn't it? This weekend, we've got a whole load of whole load of games. And Wales are off to Ireland. On Friday night. Friday night. Nations Cup. They are kicking off the Nations Cup. Um... Yeah, who else have we got? We've got Italy, Scotland, England, Georgia, France, Fiji. Oh, I might be working for France, Fiji. Oh. Yeah, I'm with. I'm actually with Prime, mate. I am in vision. Purdy texted me the other day and was like, oh, are you doing any commentary? And I was like, uh, yeah, like over the autumns. And I was like, yeah, I'm involved. Um, I'm doing some stuff with Channel 4, um, but I'm also with Prime and I'm in vision. And she was like, mate, you're so media. What on earth does in vision mean? <laughs> common sense birds come on i know um so anyway in vision for those that don't know what that means is i'm on your telly box um writing or slash laptop um if you're like me and don't have a fancy tv that allows you to put the internet on it um yeah although although apparently channel four are picking up the highlight show after it's been shown so yeah so i'm with I, which i can't wait to get back with him it'd be class um yeah more rugby hey more rugby well on that note we should probably let you go and do some research and reading up because i know that you are buzzing to get back to doing that um i have got a mince pie that i'm gonna eat now 
Oh, mate, enjoy. I will. I really Have will. a lovely week. And you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.